0: Once again, I'm the Church
1: Lady, and this is Church Chat. TGIF, it's Manson Mitchell with Gary Manson, Suzanne Mitchell. A double shot of good conversation with great guests to jumpstart your weekend. Manson Mitchell, you're on the air. Thank you, Eric Krama. Happy New Year, a bit belatedly, but nevertheless, I'm Gary Mann. I'm Suzanne Mitchell. Together we are Mance and Mitchell in your ears for the hour. Glad to be there and glad to be working once again with bad boy Benny Mathers at the board, our producer, the man who keeps us on an even keel. How you doing, Benny?
2: Yeah, good. Party horns are still in effect. We're all good for you. Okay. Well, we appreciate it. I said Happy New Year to somebody yesterday who kind of looked at me funny. Yeah. Hey, it's only the 12th. Don't look at me like yeah, that. Right? I it's, haven't seen it's you. It's still then. the new year. Yeah. We thought we were going to be with you last Friday, the, the start mm-hmm. of 2023. And our guest had an unfortunate medical emergency. And so we will reschedule him live, but we did a, a replay of Vincent Jenna last last week, and we plan to bring him back again because he has a lot of good things to say. So this is our first show of the new year with you, Benny, yep. and it's good to see you and happy to be here.
3: Always a pleasure to have you on Friday mornings here. And yeah, nothing else has really changed. Uh, I was talking to our guests right before we started. We're excited about the new year. We're almost already two weeks into it. It just seems like it's yeah. just blown right by. And, uh I'm happy, and uh, yeah, looking forward to it.
1: And Justin, keeping in mind the uh, televised sporting event of tomorrow, oh <laughs> I seem to hear we were up in – in uh, were we in Chicago at the time, or maybe we were no, on route? No, we were en route. We were in route. Yeah. Oh, man, and yet I seem to hear this tremendous roar west of Green Bay,
3: Wisconsin, <laughs> and I'm still trying to figure out what that's about. It was unbelievable. Like, I don't think I've watched so much – football lately and in, uh, intensely enough uh, we obviously had to have the Seahawks win their game last week they did and then of course we were watching a completely different game and rooting for a team we don't care two bits about <laughs> in some areas I was actually obviously rooting for uh, Detroit which they did they pulled off the upset they won which means the Packers are out and that means we moved on the Seattle Seahawks to the playoff game which is tomorrow a lot going on so we're excited honestly if they win fantastic if they lose fantastic too and uh, they
2: still get to be in the playoffs yeah which
3: weren't you even know? expected because of the it's whole so, trading no, over it's the, so uh, mathematical, mathematical
2: right. you know it's, <laughs> And now it's it is all, yeah it, mm-hmm. it's now all in the math and and that is very interesting yeah. to me as well because we have a team down here in florida that i don't believe has a winning record and <laughs> Lose, in the
1: win the division with a losing record
3: <laughs> the uh buccaneers yes
2: yeah, the Buccaneers. But you have the
3: GOAT. You have the greatest of all time quarterbacks right now. I mean, really? Yeah. yeah. A not inconsiderable
1: oh. fact. Yeah. yeah, and the fact
2: that he's been to the – Playoffs yeah, in the uh, Super Bowl so many times. He does have that experience, but I don't know if he's got the team to back him. I
1: think at each Super Bowl venue now that he has his own personal parking space. They just say, Well, there's a good chance he's gonna show up, so let him park over there. I'm yeah. sure he does.
2: <laughs> I'm, pretty I'm sure, sure he, he does. does too. He is he is the goat. Yep. He is the greatest of all time. And speaking of the greatest of all time, how excited are we for our guest today, Gary? Reverend
1: Teresa Fiebert. I called the lady and I said. What's all this Friday the 13th superstition? You know, there was an enlightenment a while back, and we still have the effects of that today in our world. So why don't we take a good look at faith versus fear and science versus superstition? The old term for what I subscribe to as my personal philosophy. used to be called rather commonly religious science. It's also known as the science of mind. And we're going to delve deep into that with a lady who knows her stuff. She lives... uh, powerfully she lives on principle and it shows up it shows up in her community of science of mind believers adherents, and she has some things that anyone can put into practice right here right now and going forward in 2023
2: why don't you give her her mad props and let's bring her on
1: Teresa Fieberts has been an enthusiastic student of the science of mind and spirit philosophy since 1992 she has used these principles to change her life and her passion for the teaching is infectious. And we want to catch a dose of it today. Let's welcome Reverend Teresa Thieberts. Welcome back, my dear.
0: Hi. Happy New Year. Happy New Year, Suzanne. It's Thank still you. It, we Thank can you. still say it.
2: Yes. Good. Good. Bye, I like that. Hi. Bye. Does the new year feel new to you? Do you do you feel like you get like revitalized or when you take down the old calendar and put up the new calendar, do, do you have a sense like, okay, I, I've, got, I've wiped the
0: slate clean and I'm starting over? How does that feel for you? I absolutely do. I subscribe to it. I recognize in the back of my mind that I can do it anytime, but I especially jump in, jump in at the new year with that idea. Exactly as you said. I'm, I'm wiping the slate clean. Um, we do a ceremony around that. And I think that's the biggest part of it. I do it twice in. a year.
2: I do it on New Year's nice. and I also do it on my birthday too. Because I, I feel like this is the start of a new year for me personally. So there's there's the start of the new year for the whole universe. And then there's the start of the new year for me. So twice a year, I feel like the slate goes clean. And and this is is one of them. So, uh, tell me about your New Year's. Oh, you... I love it.
0: It's good. It's great. There's do, you, there's. do
2: you sit down and do New Year's resolutions?
0: No, I do not. No, I okay. do not. Um, I I stopped doing anything that looked like goals. I think a long time ago. Um, I, I, may, I probably dropped it little by little. I changed the words. I you know, changed it to intentions. Uh, my, my, my feeling today is more, I'm in alignment. I want to align with the truths that I believe that are driving my life, that, that the more I align with them, the more they come alive for me. And so mine is more being in alignment, you know, it's not specific goals and I've fixed Yeah.
1: You know, you have a fellow traveler in me, Teresa, because I dedicated the year 1999, closing out the 20th century, depending on how you measure it, but nevertheless, the last of the 90s. By deciding, I made a conscious decision. I was very intentional about it, that I was not going to pursue goals or necessarily pursue anything or anyone. I was going to live as much as possible without expectations. And I had more joyous surprises in that year and more things that seemed to fall beneficently into my lap that year than just about any other in my lifetime.
0: I believe it. I 100% believe it. I I said to my community the other day that um, I'm combining Ernest Holmes, who is the founder of this philosophy, Ernest Holmes and, and Sherlock Holmes. Into 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 myself (laughs) in a way that I am investigating and I'm exploring and I'm discovering and I'm, you know, um, really looking deeply at life from that perspective that it's seamless. I have to tell you when you talk
2: about alignment, I have to tell you how unbelievably alignment you are in. And that was our last Saturday's guest was a numerologist who was talking about 2023 being a seven year and he said a seven year is all about investigation research. getting to the truth and he said it's it, it applies not only for things outside of ourselves but it applies to things internally and now you just said the same thing so you are totally in alignment with what is going on in 2023 How about That's that Fascinating <laughs> I
0: love it it's fascinating and I did not know that Yeah You know this this practice of uh, for many of setting resolutions, you know it's a four thousand year old practice. The Babylonians did it, and and then the Romans did it, and and it's morphed and and all of that over the years. Um, the Christians added the fact that we're going to you know look at our our mistakes, <laughs> call them mistakes, and or sins, and do better the next year. So if this has been going on for millennia. Um, And just like Gary and I said, we are evolving and how it's working for us, you know, but I didn't know that numerology uh, had something to say. And that feels really profound to me because I didn't I didn't spend a lot of time saying what what what's what is it going to be for me this year? It was just an intuitive knowing that it was about alignment. That the more I'm in alignment with what I believe, the better my life goes. It's simple. It's 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 simple. It's easy. Um, it's not something I have to remind myself of often, you know.
1: It reminds me of that saying, and I, I would love to attribute it. it. When I read things online, by the way, such and so and so said such and such. I find out over time these famous quotes come from everybody, from the Buddha to Groucho Marx. So I'm not That's- sure, but but it is true. Nevertheless, in practice, one finds that. Nature to be mastered must first be obeyed. If you're not in alignment, don't expect optimal results because you need to have that alignment of your purpose, your own consciousness, and what is going on around you wherever you are.
0: Bingo. That's really good that to be aware, consciously aware of how you're affecting the space around you and how it's affecting us. I'm really big on uh, non-resistance to be in that place where, where if something's happening around me, to go into it, thus the investigation. What, what, where's spirit here? What 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 am I needing to learn? What am I not listening to? What How can I open right here? How can I see something greater? Where's the opportunity? All those questions, they come from being consciously aware of what's going on around you, and instead of resisting it, opening to it leaning into it it's graceful it's easy once you begin to make a habit of it that's that's what this whole teaching is about is changing our habits right and in in changing
2: habits i think that really involves a change of perspective and a change of attitude because we are fond of saying it's an inside job so if if we change our own thoughts, if we change our own attitudes, if we look at something a little bit differently in a way that it benefits us, isn't that funny how it shows up on the outside as well? So, you know, as above, so below, as within, so without, all those good little aphorisms.
1: And the thing is, this isn't new news. There, What Suzanne just said has been <laughs> understood for millennia.
0: Absolutely, for millennia. But also, we were in that we were in that space where it was predominantly um, outside in because we were believing in duality, right? So, so, of course, the Babylonians when they started celebrating the new year and they started making resolutions or promises to the gods, which was not in January. It was when they were planting their seeds in the spring in March. But that idea for them was was all about pleasing the gods outside of them so they'd be favored, right? And then the same thing with Julius Caesar, when he made it, okay, it's January 1st because he came up with the calendar, right? And so that, you know what was interesting about that? Well, I did some research at the History Channel. I I love history. January comes from the god Janus, which is the two-facing. I didn't know that. Facing forward, facing backwards. So it's looking back. It's also where two-faced comes from. But looking backwards at the year you know, that we just had and then looking forward. Anyway, those were, again, um, very much because they were making sacrifices at the time and still making promises to the gods. So it was still outside in. Christianity, early Christianity was still outside in. What, what science mind and new thought brings to us is this idea that really science supports too, is that it's from the inside out. Yeah. So even though we're talking about, well, we got to pay attention to what's going on outside of us, how it's affecting us. It's our response. Like you said, Suzanne, it's, it's our perspective. It's our response. It comes from those deep beliefs. Are we believing in duality still? That something outside of me is controlling me. Or am I believing that there's a power in me that I can use to effectively uh, manage what's going on outside of me? Yeah. By the way,
2: I'm not in favor of that calendar. Julius Caesar was an extremely powerful man to create an entirely new year. But the new year used to be in the spring. And since I have a spring birthday, I really prefer the new year being in the spring. And he moved it all up, mucked it all up, put it in the winter. And I don't particularly like that, but I'm not powerful enough to change it back again. He's
3: such a punk. <laughs> such a punk. Right. <laughs>
1: the guy was the guy was nuts to
2: do it, but right. who was going to tell him?
0: Except for you go ahead and, and do it again in the spring for your birthday anyway.
2: That's true. I do. That's I'm thumbing my nose at Julius Caesar cuz I I look at the that new year all over again. Yeah. When you're when you're talking about attitudes and perspectives and an inside out job, it, do you think it's a matter of adding, subtracting or some of each when you are trying to make changes which are really going to catapult you into
0: a much better life i believe that it's some of each i i do michael beckwith talks about release letting go of things so that's the subtraction as being the most important spiritual work that we do i would agree that that those false beliefs like the belief in duality you know that i'm being controlled like a puppet by something other than me that it's, it's ridiculous to to imagine that, I think, today. But so I think that's necessary. There's so many ways that we, we believe we're limited. There's so many ways that we play the victim. And so to let go of those things, I think, is really important. So the subtraction is really important. But what we teach in Science of Mind is then you have to have a substitution. You have to add in the truth. Or else your mind keeps wanting to go back to those false beliefs, which, of course, is what Freud taught. It's what Jung taught, that we've got this collective unconscious soup that's filled with some good stuff and a bunch of really millennia of false beliefs, of beliefs that don't carry us individually and collectively into the future. So I believe it's both. I like that.
1: And where you find a vacuum, you can know in advance, and it's important to be mindful of this, nature abhors a vacuum. So just because you scour out what was not working for you, if you leave that container of yours, hopefully a bigger and bigger container for all the good that is available in this universe, if you don't replace it with something healthy, something that serves your higher self, nature will find something, and often it's a race to the bottom because the <coughs> path of least resistance is always available.
0: That's right. Ernest Holmes says that it's uh, uh, these are thoughts that are unconsciously inherited. You know that that place that bottom. You know, and we will absolutely we will. Yeah.
2: Interesting yeah. about the release and and let go part is that Gary and I made a road trip to Chicago for a family wedding, the wedding of my nephew. And we decided to make it a road trip for more than one reason. Primarily, we wanted to have a car there, but also it was an opportunity to clean out our closets and drawers and bring up really heavy duty winter clothes that we have had here for more than 10 years, unused, unused winter clothes. We're talking wool coats, we're talking down jackets, we're talking uh, sweaters, sweatshirts, sweatpants, in multiples, and we filled up a couple of tubs and left them at a charitable donation site to uh, clean out something from here. But you know, it's when I come back, I'm I, already it feels like it wasn't enough and things are still filling up. But that release needed to happen. I've been saying I'd like to get a couple of new things, but where do I put them when the closets and drawers are so full? So it, it was a matter of letting go in order to bring in something new. And the same thing happens with your ideas if you don't release and let go of some old ideas, how where is the room
0: to bring in a new idea oh I love that I love that analogy I love anytime we can see what we're talking about you know um yeah. I visualized that I visualized yeah. that and um and new thought we talk about mental equivalence which is that ability to grow expand, what it is that we believe or what it is that we want. So, so in, to use your analogy, you know, you do have to let go of, I've got this 10 year, at least 10 year old wool coat, right? Yes. Um, In order to imagine the the new, and it's Mm -hmm. not going to be a 10 year old coat next time. It's going to be something new. It might be a puffer jacket that can fit in a tiny little space because you're storing (laughs) it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You know, but, but so we expand, um, we expand, we expand our ideas and we allow ourselves to expand when we let go of that weight, whether it's mental, emotional, physical. Yeah. We're, we've allowed ourselves now to expand, which I believe can be, it, it, it's, it's graceful and easy then because it's natural. This is life grows, life expands. And it does within us. We evolve. Um, It's it's innate. But we have to get the stuff out of the way.
2: Well, (laughs) somebody once said one time, when your teacup is full of tea, you can't keep pouring more tea in there because it's just going to overflow the cup. That you do actually have to take some out. And, And so I like that balancing idea. And um, I was I was as pleased as I could possibly be to donate warm clothes in a place where we were uh, in a blizzard and twenty four below zero at one point. And Gary said, "I want to go outside because I want to feel what twenty four below zero <laughs> feels like <laughs> with the wind chill." And he did, and it was cold.
1: It lasted about 60 seconds, that experiment.
0: (laughs) You know, you know, what's great about what you just said, too, is so you you could have. There's lots of things you could have done with the stuff that you gave away. But but you recognize that that your work was also could affect someone else. Yeah, I think that's really where where um, I I am today as I'm recognizing that whatever I do for myself personally, I'm doing for everyone. We don't live in a vacuum. Like Gary said, we, 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 and and certainly when we're coming from the belief of oneness and unity and that there's one thing only happening here and it's happening in, as and through me and each one of you and all our listeners today, that there's this flow that, that what I do matters. And so if I, we can take a great example of just the number one New Year's resolution is to lose weight, right, to start exercising more. And instead of maybe looking at that idea that I want to exercise more, I need to lose weight because why? Because I'm not good enough, because I'm not fit enough, because I'm unhealthy. Instead, if we aligned with this idea that we, we are life-expressing and it's it's eternal and it's infinite and there's no limit to it it's unlimited and we allow that to move through us and to invigorate us well it makes you want to move your body and you know so you're replacing those ideas and then if i'm invigorated and enlivened and enlightened people around me will be yes right we're affecting yeah. people around us i hear often I won't name them cuz maybe they're listening. But there's someone in my life who I'd love to see move their body more. And there's a person that's common and close to both of us. And she'll say often just throwing it out there in the middle of a conversation, well, Teresa moves, Teresa exercises, Teresa, you know, gets up and and it's it has impacted this one person. She's very aware of how that has changed my life. And so it's changed hers because she's witnessing it, you know? So I,
2: yeah. yeah, I had a similar experience in Chicago with uh, a friend of mine who we've been friends for more than 50 years. She loves, loves, loves Christmas time. She does a lot of charitable work at Christmas time. She creates Christmas for, um, boys and girls of uh, a a number of ages at a, at a place that um, that takes care of children. And she goes with like a hundred, a hundred gift bags filled, Uh filled with stuff that she gets. And she does this every year. She's done this every year for a really long time. The other thing that she does is she creates a box of small gift items some of them are hand creams. Some of them are after shaves. Uh, could be makeup. Could be lotions. Could be candy. Uh, and and she has this box in the back seat of her car. When she goes anywhere, she will give away from the back of her car. She goes to uh, Dunkin' Donuts and and gets a, a donut for she and her mom. And then she says. Uh, Merry Christmas and gives them one of these little bags that she has with a couple things in it. She said she has shocked so many service people who cannot believe that she's doing this. And I'm watching this behavior. I'm watching her do this. And I'm thinking uh, what surprise joy she's bringing to people. And so we had a particularly um, really helpful person when Gary and I were checking into a hotel one night and then she turned out to be there the next morning. And I said, Oh my gosh, you're still here, Ann. And, and she said, no, I went home to sleep, but the person in the morning got sick. So I came in to do a double shift. And as we were checking out, I gave her a $5 bill. And I said, well, you go get a cup of coffee today on me and Gary. And she was stunned. But I learned this behavior from my girlfriend. Like it doesn't take a lot to really surprise somebody with an unexpected gift. And, you know, Teresa, in religious science, we do talk about receiving unexpected money Unexpected good, unexpected abundance. But what about giving unexpected abundance? What about giving unexpected money instead of just waiting to receive it? Who who is the more prosperous person? The one who's receiving it or the one who's giving it?
0: Yeah, it's, it's I think it's an equal win there. I do you know, too. I when I first came into this teaching 30 years ago, I used to um, the beginning of my, my spiritual mind treatments, our, our word for affirmative prayer was, um, I live and move and have my being in a loving and supportive universe. I didn't believe it when I first started saying it, I absolutely believe it today, but what has come to me is I can be that love and support of the universe. Yes. yes. So beyond that receipt of it, I can be that energy. Because I aren't aren't we the hands and feet, the heart and the mind of the Divine. We're here in form as an incarnation to do that good work. and that which I used to need so desperately to feel in my life today 30 years later, I can be it. You know? Wow I can be that. So I love I yes, I, I love that. Suzanne, that was great. Yeah.
1: We are going to take our one and only break of the hour. Our honored guest of the hour is Reverend Teresa Fieberts of the Center for Spiritual Living Cultural Coast in Sarasota, Florida. It is our good fortune to know the lady personally. We like to give you the opportunity to do the same, to get up close and personal, principally online. And there are other avenues where you can experience her teaching. I won't call it preaching, but her speaking, which is powerful to so many. We will be right back after a couple of minutes. You're listening to Manson Mitchell right here at the epicenter of new, good, healthy living, AM 1150 in Seattle.
3: We'll be right back. I'm going to do a terrific show today because I'm good enough, I'm smart enough, and doggone it, people like me.
2: Staying connected with Gary Manson and Suzanne Mitchell is easy.
1: Just go to MansonMitchell.com for the latest info on topics and guests. Need help getting started with self-help? You came to the right place. Alternative Talk, 1150.
2: Welcome back to Manson Mitchell and our guest this hour, Teresa Fieberts in the new year. Teresa, if people would like to connect with you, please uh, let our listeners know about the website, the Sunday services, and anything else
0: you have going on absolutely we can be found at csl cultural coast pretty much anywhere you want to find us on facebook our page is csl cultural coast and that csl is the center for spiritual living excellent and so it's the center for spiritual living cultural coast on facebook also on youtube we have a youtube channel and our website and from the facebook page and the youtube page you can tune in to our sunday gatherings which are at 11 a.m eastern and uh the link will be right there you'll be able to catch in and and both places you can also find back um messages and and conversations that we've had
2: yeah excellent excellent thank you did you want to say something about the passing yesterday
0: well
1: i'm just really sad about it i read a long time ago and it seems to be comparable to me Uh, someone who was on the inside of the beatles world said that it was hard on people to be in the beatles world in their orbit it was hard on you physically it was certainly hard on you psychologically and now i see that uh, for various reasons some of which having to do with dna and you know inherited propensity for certain diseases that It's hard to be in Elvis world, too. I mean, you're in some rarefied company. And I think that, and Teresa would have something more profound to say about this than me. But if you're going to say yes to this, at what point did you say it? Is it all within your single incarnation, this one life you will ever live? Or are we all painting on a much wider canvas? We say yes to the things that we come into experience. And some of us seem to sign up for a heck of a lot. What do you have to say about that teresa
0: um i i take a a personal individualized position on this it may not be the the uh, entirety of science of mine thought it certainly wasn't the thought of ernest holmes but i do believe that that we we travel that that energy doesn't stop it transforms and so i don't believe that i have one shot at this lifetime i do believe i'm a soul that's traveling and um i do believe that it feels appropriate it feels at 61 years old that i look back and i see that there have been things that have shown up in my life that i either continue to struggle with or i have um grown from and um and so i i don't like to call them lessons but experiences my soul's experience um Daddy, daddy issues, you know, was one for me that played out um, over time. And so uh, that that idea first came from my first science of mind, my first new thought minister, Reverend David Owen Ritz. And he said, we, we make agreements, soul agreements, before we come here to do certain things with certain people. And I thought, wow, what a thought. I had never heard such a thing. And now I look back and I see that, um you know my first husband and i ah we had a pact, and we did good work we showed up and we did the hard stuff and we did the good stuff and we're still really great friends and we've been separated divorced for i don't know 30 years and but we did the work you know and i think yeah i think it was valuable for both of us and for our children and for everybody around us and And then we go on and we do another dance and I, yes, yes, yes. I think so. I can't even imagine what it's like in the world of the Presleys or the world of the Jacksons. I thought that way with Michael Jackson. I mean, what a life, right? Yeah. What we cannot, I mean, I personally can't compare my life. It's a world I don't know. Um, Well, yeah, we want to wish Lisa
2: Marie. Uh, speedy return home to the spirit world and to reunite with her father that's amazing so yeah i love that idea yep i do too and speaking of family holiday time is a real time for challenges when it comes to family and you know is it is it a celebration or is it a holiday truce you know how how is it with families that, uh, you know, you can see it kind of playing out in, in some places uh, very publicly. This morning on the 14th anniversary of uh, Sully Sullenberger landing the plane on the Hudson River and all 155 people living through that uh, ordeal. He said this morning on the news, we're like a family. They still t- stay in touch after 14 years from that shared experience and so when you when you have a, a shared experience it seems like you have a family of choice I I choose you because you and I went through something together and our hearts are connected I'm not so sure that that applies to our biological families what kind of a sense do you have about um about our families versus our families of choice at holiday time?
0: Wow. What a great question. Um, (laughs) One I wish I had prepared for. Wow. Um, Yeah. um, You know, I think that um, I had one of my mentors said to me just recently, um, boundaries are great and you can be gracious about everything else, and I think that that applies to family, for sure. Um, I can have boundaries, and they're they're important, and they're honorable, and they're they're is good. It's respectful to have boundaries. I'm not going to go into Christmas Day expecting to rehash uh, an old wound. To 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 solve all the problems of the history of our family. I'm going to go into Christmas with my family with a boundary that I'm not going to discuss those difficult things, you know, that I'm not going to drink too much. So I lose my cool and fall in, you know, like I go, I will go in with boundaries and be gracious and loving about everything else. And that's for me personally. Now other people may not even be able to be with their families. Um, if boundaries, if they need to have boundaries to stay safe and whatever. But I love the idea that we choose family too. I have definitely, I feel that way about our spiritual community. Um, It came to me just the other day in in meditation, 500, the word 500, the, the idea of 500. And it took me a time to realize what I was talking about. But when a minister works with a, practitioner, an individual who's going to become a practitioner of the science of mind, um, we probably spend 500 hours together. Mm. And and when we do that uh, over years, but when we do that deep soul work, when we do that conscious, that uplifting consciousness work, you know, about reframing the old thoughts that don't serve us anymore into healthy, Uplifting thoughts and and to be in a place where we can help other people do that too. That those five hundred hours they are embodied in you. At that point, there is a connection that you have, teacher and student, or or individuals with each other, that is undeniable. And um, I think it's a bond that's never lost. And and so those are examples for me of yeah of,
2: of how we connect. Yeah, you- Yeah, that you use the word reframing. That is going to be our entire hour tomorrow is reframing experiences with uh, somebody who uh, has had a lot of experiences and has reframed, reframed a lot of things that have happened. And I do think that is part of that process of creating a new year for yourself is are you going to you know replay the past are you going to replay your hurt feelings are you going to go there or is there another way and one of the things that you know i i wanted to ask you about is you know when it comes to the new year you know what do you recommend people doing when when you are doing your talks on sunday how do you recommend that people begin to get a new perspective in a new year Right. Well, we first,
0: we first begin with, with, with the releasing part, you know, as we talked about a, a few minutes ago, I, I think that that's invaluable. It's really important. Um, just like you said, you can't keep pouring tea into the cup. You got to take some out. Um, you can't keep putting coats in the closet. You got to take some out. You can't keep putting, um, you know, uh, holding on to all these false beliefs and old behaviors and ways of being that no longer serve us and expect to be different in the new year. It's just not going to happen. So just like the, you know, the Babylonians or the early Christians or any of them had their practices. What I like to do is the burning bowl. So we literally release um, those ideas, but we begin by getting still and quiet we begin by recognizing that we're in union with with a creative intelligence and that cre- we allow that creative intelligence when we get still to to um, to inform us. And if we don't do that, it's it's there. It's showing us. But we're not paying attention. Right. So it's in the silence. It's in the the you can call it meditation. You can call it um. Uh, mindfulness, even where you are just silent enough to hear what's going on inside of you. I like to call it visioning, because once I've gone through the process of silencing, I like to ask questions and listen to what, you know, so I ask the questions, you know, I, I, if we want to change a behavior, let's say it's, we smoke cigarettes or we're, we're, we drink too much alcohol, and we're aware of that you know, or maybe we're not aware, but if you get silent and ask what behaviors are no longer serving me, alcohol and cigarettes may pop up for you. What pops up for me is TV. And I had gone through a long period of time where I never watched TV, never watched it. And then I had gotten sick. I had a ruptured appendix and um, I had to heal. And in that healing, I had to sit and be still, and so I watched TV, and I found that in the evening it was a really great thing for my husband and I to do, which we had never done before. <laughs> now I'm at a place where when I when I listen to what do I need to release, I get TV. <laughs> I get TV, and you know, we don't watch TV. Let me clarify too: we watch movies, we watch documentaries, or whatever. But it it's it's time that I could be doing something else, and that's what I recognize um all the then then so you ask what do i need to let go of and then we do this process where we literally burn it we literally watch it transform you literally when you when you write it on a piece of paper and then put it under the flame or over the flame you watch it transform that kind of uh it, it has a a chemistry i think a uh, um an effect inside of you when you see that happen. And then we replace, right? As we've been talking about. So we we have a prayer that, that we all, you know, use. I, I give it to them. They can use it throughout the year if they choose to. But it's about knowing that, that we've let it go. And that the past can't, can't come back and haunt me and all that kind of thing. And then we replace. Then we replace. Then we ask what's new that wants to come. And we listen again.
1: This is a good time for me to mention a lady whom I continue to hold in great esteem. We haven't uh, been in communication for many years, but I think the world of her. She was the president of the church board in Seattle. I was a member at the time of that board. And we got talking about ways and means. And she was telling me and the rest of us in the room about her business life. She was in the business of real estate. Uh, Uh, And in making a big deal, I mean, she was going to realize a nice, nice income from the, the transaction that was about to happen. And it turns out it was with someone whom she informed us was not exactly on the up and up. In fact, he made a habit, this gentleman of trying to to get the best sometimes by doing his worst. And I said, so how come you're doing business with him? There And she said, sometimes in this life, you have to dance with the devil. And this is a person whose spiritual path is authentic and has brought her great joy and some miracles in her life. So I certainly don't question her spirituality, but I was very interested in knowing. And I guess I still am because I I didn't grasp exactly what she was getting at at the time. If you have to dance with the devils in your life, be they members of your family, certainly in business transactions, well, some people call that unethical, I call that business, yada, yada. And yet to honestly seek to know more of your place in this universe as a spirit having a human experience, to be about the business of spirit. It seems like one sets oneself quite a challenge if you're gonna be commercially involved and intensively so, at the same time that you take your spiritual path that seriously it's a
0: conundrum interesting so i also have my real estate license and uh i i've had it for 40 years so practicing real estate longer than science of mind actually by 10 years um i i i per- I personally think that that is a to say that I'm dancing with the devil. Sometimes you have to dance with the devil. Um, That's a perspective. And that's really, I think, where where divisiveness maybe comes in in our lives or the idea of challenge or the idea of problems. And that really, I think, is one of the things that drove this awareness that I had of I want to be Ernest Holmes. And, and Sherlock Holmes this year because I want to look for not the devil in someone, but I want to look for the God in them. I want to look for the God in circumstances and things that I have previously called problems. I don't want to see them as such, even challenges. I want my vocabulary along with my perspective to continue to evolve to where I'm looking for God, I'm looking for God because I know that there's only one life and it's expressing itself everywhere there's one creative energy there's one source and substance of all life science will tell us that today and and how can I find it so how can I lean in and 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 listen or be with this person that's maybe being dishonest or not telling me truth and look for divinity To find a way that I recognize I don't need to be hurt by this transaction, and yet maybe even my ability to see, to see clearly someone else, to listen deeply to someone else, I can transform the situation. Maybe they can have an experience with me where I'm I'm willing to see them differently, not as a shyster or a shark or, you know, um, any of that, but in a way that's open and receptive. I think we can do that with each other without being hurt.
1: And I suspect that this particular lady was so attuned spiritually i continue to her to admire her greatly it could be that she became she modeled if you will the very kind of perspective that her counterpart needed to see in the business community that business can be conducted successfully and honestly
0: absolutely absolutely yeah i believe that i do believe that i think we have to hold that hope too you know um we don't talk too much about hope in the science mind or religious science do we 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 no. affirm we know we're 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 way more affirmative about our use whereas hope can be kind of wishy-washy right yeah. but but i think if we can hope if we can gently hold that for humanity that more of us rise to the ability to not see di- division and and that this person's out to get me, but I live and move in a friendly universe. Let me prove that right now. I want to prove that in this situation, you know, some um, may not always work out for us, but I, I I, think we can do it in a way, again, that we're not hurt, we're not damaged, we don't lose money, you know, we have a boundary and we're gracious about everything else. <laughs> That's so
1: great that you put it in those terms, Teresa, because I once heard a very well known and, and much experienced Science of Mind minister say that in the world of religious science, hope is a four-letter word. Well, it is anyway, by definition, but hope being a four-letter word, I got it. It was a bit of a shock to hear that, But I thought if I'm hanging on to hope, I'm I'm, I'm turning hope into a kind of drug and I always need another fix. But when I decide a thing and I act accordingly in alignment with my spiritual principles, it becomes a matter of faith and commitment and not something that relies on chance or somebody else's goodwill.
0: Right. Right. When we're when we're expecting those someone else, this is where hope, I think, comes is, is gentler. Um, I don't control someone else's behavior. Right. right. I can right. only control my own. Yep. And I can only control my own perspective. And of course, I believe, as a powerful practitioner of this teaching, that I do influence um everything around me by, by my belief system. I, I do believe that. Does that mean that I am to change other people? You know? Um, I I don't. I don't believe that. But I can hold the space for their change if that's that's what their soul needs. I, I found as a parent uh this this an easy thing to understand that um I can't expect even something of my children as far as a soul, it's their soul's journey. And how arrogant of me to know what that journey is. I don't know. I don't know what my children's soul's journey is, nor do I know what you know, somebody that could be deemed a um uh, uh the, the devil in in <laughs> what is it the devil wears prada or the devil in the armani suit or whatever you know the 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 person doing business that's that sees a little seems a little sleazy. I don't know what that journey is. So to hold hope um that my perspective creates a different outcome is a way for me to not name them wrong and to not be affirming a a specific behavior out of someone else only myself only myself I really like that you said I
2: influence everything around me if each person listening today made a decision like that that would really that's a, a linchpin for changing the world is that yes influence everything around me including my behavior teresa so wonderful to talk with you today so glad you joined us at the beginning of the year this was a great conversation for everybody who is lucky enough to hear our show today
1: and we'll pick it up again soon with you teresa
0: you're always welcome on our program thank you so much good to good to be with you today
2: thank you Join us tomorrow, 10 a.m. Pacific. We're going to do it all over again.
1: With Kelly Sullivan Walden. Tune in, everybody. We hope this is the start of a great year for you.